I'm watching and I'm listening. Just talk with history. That's what we do. <laughs> well, you better listen to me. I don't think I listen to you, but just fine. <laughs> <laughs> and that, folks, is how the show rolls. Welcome to Talk With History. I am your host, Scott, here with my wife and historian, Jen. Hello. On this podcast, we give you insights to our history-inspired world travels, YouTube channel journey, and examine history through deeper conversations with the curious, the explorers, and the history lovers out there. Now, today, Jen, before we get into our main topic, I want to thank our Spotify listeners for five-star reviews. We actually just got a couple more last time I checked. Oh, cool. And so we're up to nine. So if you're listening on Spotify, if you could be our 10th five-star review, that would be fantastic. And we actually got another five-star review over on Apple Podcasts from our friend, GE Historian. <laughs> so this one is, her review starts with the subject line. It's for the Masters of the Air episode that we did not too long ago. The history of the Masters of the Air with an aviator turned historian, five stars. Love this episode, Jen and Scott. It was so fascinating to hear the history of aviation during World War II and how it helped shape the future of aviation. I'm a huge fan of Masters of the Air and your podcast. My two favorite characters from the show is Buck and Bucky. Yeah, I think I, I would agree with that. I also love Curtis too. Like you, Jen, I sympathize too with the aviators and how they have to make split-second decisions up in the air that may or may not go against the plan that their superiors had created down the ground keep up the good work. Well, thank you so much. We actually inter we actually uh, interact with GE Historian a fair amount on Instagram. Instagram. So if you yep. want to follow us on Instagram, we have a pretty big following over there and yep. we post pretty we're, much daily. Yeah, we're pretty active over on Instagram. A lot quicker hit kind of history little little hits over there. We do have some membership options over there and uh, we appreciate this kind of the support wherever we can get it. <laughs> Today, we're taking a whirlwind tour of Memphis, Tennessee, a city dripping with soul, swagger, and stories that shaped America. From the king's throne to the fight for equality, Memphis packs a historical punch. So put on your blue suede shoes and grab some dry rub ribs because we're hitting the road on a Mississippi Delta adventure. We're going to explore the birthplace of rock and roll, uncover a hotel with a bit of adorable whimsy, and leave you humming a blues tune and hungry for more. So stay tuned, history enthusiasts. The Memphis magic is about to begin. Now, Jen. Yes. We actually haven't recorded in a couple weeks. We recorded ahead, so we've been staying on our regular schedule, but we didn't record because you and I are getting ready to move back to the greater Memphis area, some Navy moves. And so with that, we wanted to kind of share some tips and tricks, travels, some top five things that you picked out that people can go see in Memphis that have both a historical significance and are like the must-sees in the greater Memphis area. Yes. Yeah, so we've lived there before. We lived there for three years and moving from California to Memphis, 
we really didn't know anything about Memphis. So it is really the birth of Walk With History. A very first video is from Memphis, Tennessee. It actually has to do around a Confederate statue that neither of us even knew who this guy was. And it was such a well-known character in Memphis and the South that we were just shocked that there's so much knowledge and history of the South that it's just not widespread. Yeah, we, we've, we've told this story a couple of times. And if you've never heard it before, right, the, the channel actually started in about 2021, not long after the pandemic. And, and you and I've been watching some YouTube videos and said, hey, let's try this thing. And, you know, kind of the rest is history from there for, for the channel. But a few years prior to that, almost five years before that, you had actually gone out. We were living in Memphis. We had moved there for the Navy. And you had gone out just with your iPhone, you know, I don't know, 10 or something like that at the time, and just started filming vertical video saying, hey, I want to show this to my family and show them who this person is. Yeah, I made a Facebook That's right. group. You, you made a Facebook group. And it was called Walk With History. And I added a bunch of friends and family and asked them if they were interested. I'm going to just film around the South and Memphis and things that I'm learning and if they're interested in learning too. And you have to also understand it's just coinciding with me getting my master's degree there. So again, former military, I used my GI Bill and went back to school at the University of Memphis and got a master's degree of history. So for me, it was so poignant to get that degree there because my undergrad is from Penn State, a, a Yankee school. And to get your graduate degree in a Southern school, I, it really is a crossroads of American history. And I did not realize how important Memphis is to American history until I started to really immerse myself into that culture and history. Yeah. And so that was really the genesis of mm -hmm. Walk With History. It started there and then we kind of moved and life moved on. And then all of a sudden, you know, a few years later, here we are with Walk With History. So let's start with the where Memphis fits in greater American history picture. And then we'll go into some some top five. Top five. Top five places to visit. If you were going to Memphis for the first time, this is our list, and we're going to go in reverse order, but yes. we'll start with some history, and then we're going to go, go in the top five, so stick around. Yeah, so usually when I listen to podcasts, I'm driving somewhere, and I'm like, oh, does anyone have a podcast about this so I can listen to it before I get there? So if you're on your way to Memphis, first time, these are your top five places to visit if you've never been to Memphis before. But some background on Memphis is it's at the southern west tip of Tennessee on the Mississippi River. It is an old Chickasaw area. So Chickasaw was the American Indians that lived there, the Chickasaw people. And then it was bought by Andrew Jackson pretty early in, in land grants. Andrew Jackson's from Tennessee. And if you remember, he his home is outside of Nashville. And so he's an early landowner of the Tennessee area. So he owns Memphis. And him and two other people established the city. And that's about 1819. And because it's on the Mississippi, which is the second largest river in America, it looks like the Nile. And so for Andrew Jackson, he wanted to name it after a city in Egypt. And Memphis is the name of a city on the Nile in Egypt. So Memphis, Tennessee is like Memphis, Egypt because of its place along the Nile. 
because of that, there's a lot of Egyptian influence in Memphis. And even when I went to the University of Memphis, we have a big statue of Ramses out front of the school because we have an Egyptology program. And I think it's it's one of the largest in the country. Yes. So if you like Indiana Jones, everybody, most people who I went to grad school with are, are Egyptologists reading hieroglyphics. And we have at the University of Memphis Museum, we have mummies. And a lot of that schooling is there. So it is one of those larger programs. Most people will go to Egypt and do a dig. And I also got a certificate in museum studies. So I was also working with them in that realm as well. As well. So you may not realize how big Egyptology is in Memphis, because it's like the middle of the South. That makes no sense. But it is. It's, it's a, yeah, it was, it was neat to learn about that as you were going through grad school. And, and it kind of makes sense for some of our, one of the items on our list here, and actually probably the first one that we're going to talk about, about kind of why it was designed the way that it was. Sure. So the fifth place on our list, because we're going to jump into this, I don't want people sitting on, I hate sitting on a podcast going, when are they going to get to it? Is the pyramid. There's a huge pyramid in Memphis, right on the Mississippi. And because of Egypt. So think like if you've ever been to Vegas and you've seen the Luxor, it's almost the same thing, but it was built as an arena in 1991 to hold 20,000 people. And it had some famous concerts there. The Grateful Dead played there. Oh, I didn't realize that. It's also known for a Mike Tyson fight. In 2002, Lennox Lewis and Mike Tyson actually fought there. Oh, I didn't know that. So it was like an arena. Huh. Uh, but after that, it, it closed and it was revamped as a Bass Pro Shop. And that's what it is today. And let me tell you, folks, it is such a fun Bass Pro Shop. I, I, I so enjoy going there. And if I know there's people that have been stationed with me there in, in Memphis, Millington area before, and I'm, I'm sure they probably feel the same way. It's just kind of one of those things that, hey, I'm going to go after church. I'm going to go there on a Sunday afternoon and just... You could spend a couple hours there literally just walking around looking at whatever you want to look at. And it has all sorts of stuff inside, like lakes and fish and gators and all this crazy stuff. It, it, so it's free. So if you wanted just something fun to do with your family, you could park there, walk in. You can look at all the cool aquariums. They have like a bowling alley. They have a nice restaurant upstairs, like fine dining. They have an, a, a good restaurant downstairs. It's more family friendly. And you can even stay there. They have rooms and suites. That's right. There's a hotel. There's a hotel aspect to it, but it has all the classic Bass Pro Shop stuff. Yes, all the classic Bass Pro stuff. It's it's super fun. Well, I highly recommend if you're if you want something a little that every, the whole family would enjoy. I, I think this is a, a an easy pick. And you would see it if you're driving through Memphis and you're taking the Memphis Bridge across the Mississippi you'll see the pyramid. It is right there on the on the coast of the Mississippi River. Yeah, that Memphis Bridge, it's going across You know, mm -hmm. the Mississippi there. It looks like a big M. Yes. It's right there. It's right there. So let's move on to number four. And this is important historically, and we'll talk about that as well. It also is in a movie, but it's the Peabody Hotel. So the Peabody Hotel is one of these old Southern hotels. The original was built in 1869, right after the Civil War. Now, it wasn't at the present location. It is today. The present location of the Peabody today was built in 1925. But you would remember it from The Firm, 
the Tom Cruise movie where he gets offered the job and they're on top of the Peabody having a party and you can see the big words, the Peabody. From the Northeast, the pace were almost stately by comparison. Courteous uh, and not as gossipy. We keep each other's secrets. I like that. What do you like about it? All of it, it's a family. This is where you said. It also has a great view of the Mississippi from it. And another thing that people love to see at the Peabody are the ducks. Yes, and that was cool. It wasn't something I had seen the firm you know, before we moved there, but I wasn't aware of the ducks. Mm-hmm. So the firm is that Tom Cruise movie. Um, it was written by Grisham. Yep. Where he plays a lawyer in Memphis. Just so people are like, what? Yes, if you remember that, one of the John Grisham novel, John Grisham is from the South. But the ducks in night in... 1933, some duck hunter came into the hotel and they have a big fountain in the middle. And he thought it was funny to put his duck decoys in the fountain. And it just made people laugh. And so they thought it would be like a novelty to have real ducks. And so they do now. So every day they prayed the ducks in in the morning and it's a big deal. You can sit there. They're housed at the top of the hotel they come in in the morning they walk across the red carpet and they sit in the fountain all day and then at the afternoon or the three or four they prayed the ducks out to go to bed and and don't i guess certain people on the host hotel staff they're like they're like i don't know the word for it but they're like integrated with the duck the ducks know these particular people and they wranglers they they will follow them through the through the hotel and so I think I've seen it once, but only kind of on the periphery because I was trying to kind of help the kids see it. Yes. So I'm actually looking forward to going back and actually seeing it, truly seeing it for myself, you know, sometimes. Again, it's free. It's something fun to do with your family. Yep. They have a great lobby area where you can go have a drink or hot cocoa and you can get food or just dessert. We go there after date night sometimes and we just sit in the lobby. It's a beautiful lobby. They have a lot of events there. So St. Jude is in Memphis and a lot of St. Jude's events will be at the Peabody. Yeah. And now the Peabody, all that's there. And it's right in the downtown area next to our number three place on the list. My baby's kisses are so sweet I want to talk a little bit more about the history of Memphis. Okay. So Memphis, again, along the Mississippi River and... During the early times of America and enslavement, this was a cotton area. And Memphis was the cotton market of America. That's where they they did the cotton exchange because you could bring cotton up the Mississippi, exchange it, and then send it further up north to basically sell it. Well, and, and also in that neck of the woods, in that part of the south of the Mississippi Delta area, you can grow cotton for so long. Yes. You know, the, the, the growing season is, is pretty long. And you still see cotton growing there today, which is something we never saw until we moved there. But during enslavement, this is where you get a lot of African-Americans and working through getting free or not being free. And so you have the blues. The birthplace of the blues is Beale Street. They really think the birthplace of jazz will be Bourbon Street in New Orleans, but this is the birthplace of the blues. And Beale Street is our number three place to visit because 
It is that birthplace of that particular kind of music, which is jazz, but more on a sadder storytelling, um, just like your 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 travels and trials through life. And you get famous people like BB King and Muddy Waters, who really left their mark on Beale Street. But it was W.C. Handy, who was a trumpet player, who African American, who wrote the song, and it became known as the Memphis City Blues or the Beale Street Blues. Oh, cool! And that's how Beale Street got its name. So. You would know it from the new Elvis movie, Lansky Brothers, where Elvis got his clothes. It was on Beale Street. Elvis visits Beale Street. It's just a major musical influence. Yeah, there. there was actually a pretty long scene in that movie where he's at some bar, some music spot downtown, and he's hanging out right with other musicians down there. Yeah, he's hanging out with uh, just other influential musicians because the African-American sound was so influential to his yeah, and if you, it's it's an easy Google search. You can mm-hmm. Google Beale Street, and there's a, there's a lot of fantastic places to eat, great bars you can go listen to music too. They actually have what do they call them? The Memphis Street Flyers, where yes, they will they will kind of do gymnastics. They will tumble, kind of doing flips. So you remember in The Firm when Tom Cruise is kind of challenged to do flips down the street? They have people who do that, and they they still do it to this day. Still do it to this day. Great places to eat, like you said. We love Blue City Cafe, which is right on the corner. It's also from the firm. It's where Tom Cruise meets the FBI agents for the first time. But they have the best gumbo cheese fries I've ever had in my life. They're fantastic. One of the other places that I wrote down that's just off of Beale Street is Rendezvous. So Rendezvous... so, So when we say gumbo cheese fries, that's not barbecue. When we're getting into barbecue and you're getting into rendezvous, rendezvous is by the Peabody, which is just two blocks away from Beale Street. Yeah. And rendezvous is down a back alley from the Peabody. And, and if folks, if you're listening and you're like, oh my gosh, I got to take all these notes. Don't worry. I have links to all of these places. I will put them in the show notes. So just save this episode or text it to your husband or your wife or whatever and be like, hey, on our trip, we have to re-listen to this and we got to look in the show notes because I have links. I'm going to have links to all these places in the show notes. Yes. And Rendezvous, Justin Timberlake is from Memphis and Rendezvous is his favorite ribs. So if you want some good barbecue ribs, Rendezvous is where Justin Timberlake is. Rendez- Rendezvous is really good. It's it's pretty cool too because one parking is it can be tricky around there, but it's like you have to go into this alley mm-hmm. to get into Rendezvous and then it's like down inside and it's actually pretty expansive once you get inside. Yeah, and I still use Rendezvous spices when I make chicken for us. Yeah. So I buy it even for that because it's special. But uh, yeah, you can't miss Beale Street. FedEx Forum is there right off of Beale. FedEx Forum is our big arena now where the Grizzlies will play. We saw Justin Timberlake there. We saw Garth Brooks there. There's a great hotel right beside it. If you don't want to stay at the Peabody, there's a hotel right there by the FedEx Forum, which if you're right on Beale, then there's other great music places on Beale. You can hear the blues coming out the door and you can stop in and have a drink. Yeah, Beale Street is one of those things. If you can't hit all five of these places in one day, if you do one thing in the morning and then you kind of do one thing later on evening, dinner time, Beale Street is, the, is that great place. Um, one last thing kind of before we move on to the next one that I noticed the last time we were there, they have like those musical notes of like Hollywood mm-hmm. Boulevard has the you know Walk of Fame, but they have these kind of brass notes that are in, in the sidewalk with all these famous musicians that have been there, played there, or, or from the area or something like that. 
Um, so you can see all these names that you will recognize oh, yeah. that are in the sidewalk. The musical influence of Memphis is tremendous and far-reaching. I will also mention the oldest establishment on Beale is Schwab. It's it's a good store. It has great ice cream in there now. It's another great place to stop with your family. Great great place to get souvenirs and all the stuff. Yes, and that's what has the fountains. If you go up on the second floor, they have a little museum, and they show you fountains from segregation. Because again, Memphis is really a part of American crossroads and segregation and enslavement is all part of the history. And we'll get more into that in our next location. Yeah, so our our next location is a little bit more of a serious note, but this is actually pretty well known. Uh, And a lot, some people may know it as the National Civil Rights Museum, but in Memphis, it started off as something else. The Lorraine Motel. So it's important. If you're in Memphis again for a day, you can just drive by it and stop. You don't have to go inside the actual motel, which is now the National Civil Rights Museum, because you can see the balcony where Martin Luther King was assassinated on April 4th, 1968, just by standing outside. And it's open and free to the public to do that. So Martin Luther King was in Memphis for the sanitation strike. Again, this is the 60s. This is Jim Crow. This is segregation. Sanitation workers were uh, basically the garbage men in town. And it was segregated where white workers drove and black workers had to stay in the back of a garbage truck. And a garbage truck had malfunctioned and killed two black men. And the sanitation workers, African-American sanitation workers, walked off the the job because of their working conditions. They weren't paid as much. They weren't allowed time off they had to sit in the back of a garbage truck and then two men had died so if you ever see those i am a man posters that's from the sanitation strike of memphis tennessee and that's what martin luther king was doing in town to help support that strike and that march yeah and we actually have a great video that you did from there and if if you know anything about martin luther king and you're familiar with his i have seen the mountaintop speech that is the last speech that he gives because he's there for those sanitation strikes. You know, if you, I would encourage you to listen to the whole thing because a lot of people are familiar with that phrase. But somewhere I read of the freedom of assembly, somewhere I read of the freedom of speech, somewhere I read of the freedom of press, somewhere I read the greatness of America is the right to protest far right. So just as I say we aren't going to let any dogs or water hoses turn us around, we aren't going to let any injunction turn us around. We've got some difficult days ahead, but it really doesn't matter with me now because I've been to the mountaintop. Like anybody, I would like to live a long life. Longevity has its place, but I'm not concerned about that now. 
I just want to do God's will. And he has allowed me to go up to the mountain. And I've looked over. And I've seen the promised land. I may not get there with you. But I want you to know the night that we as a people will get to the promised land. So I'm happy tonight. I'm not worried about anything. I'm not fearing any man. Mine are have seen the glory of the coming of the Lord. But listening to the whole thing that I remember doing this for the video is it's it's a phenomenal speech. It's a, it's absolutely inc- incredible. That's the last speech that he gives and then the next next morning, next evening, yeah, he's yeah. It's 6.01 p.m. He's out of room 306 on the balcony there at the Lorraine Motel. Today, the Lorraine Motel is the National Civil Rights Museum. So if you do visit, it's a tremendous museum. It walks you through the African-American experience in America from enslavement to Civil War, Reconstruct, Jim Crow, segregation, and now uh, mass incarceration. So it's a really fantastic museum. And then they also own across the alleyway the boarding house where James Earl Ray was staying. And that walks you through more Martin Luther King and the assassination. But like you said, we have a video and we go to the church where Martin Luther King delivered that last speech. We show you what that's off the beaten path. But if you're interested in that, that video will show you where that is at. It's about two miles away from the Lorraine Motel. And then we take you to the Lorraine Motel and give you all of that background as well. If you're interested in watching that video before you visit. Yeah, and I believe we actually have another podcast episode that's a little bit more in depth about the Martin Luther King assassination, things that you learned while you were in grad school mm-hmm. and kind of different perspectives of people who who grew up and, and lived in the area of that. So if you're if you're interested in kind of going further into depth in that, I'll, I'll put some links in, links in the show notes. And like I said, I got my degree there. So it was a lot of learning for me. And as a white woman, learning a lot about understanding this race problem that has been happening in Memphis for years, centuries. The Lorraine Motel was a segregated motel. So that is why Martin Luther King was staying there. There were white and black hotels at the time, and you couldn't stay in the same hotels. It was built in 1925. It was named after the owner's wife. But famous African-Americans had stayed there. Nat King Cole had stayed there. Aretha Franklin had stayed there. It was the place you stayed if you were an African-American influencer in Memphis at the time. Yeah. It, it, highly recommended. That's why it's number two on our list. Um, moving on from there is someone who is a, a Memphis local that many of you, most people will know. And this is the, I believe, the second most visited house in the entire nation. Yes. So what is number one on our list here? <laughs> Iceland, How can you not? It's the king. Again, so when we learned we were moving to Memphis, I think that is the one thing we knew. Yeah, it was Graceland. It was Graceland. Because I, I had actually been there before, mm-hmm. 15 years prior or something like that, maybe 12 years prior. So the other four places, Bass Post Shop, Peabody, Bill Street, Lorraine, they're pretty close. You could probably walk to all of them. Graceland is 
off the beaten path. You you will have to want to go visit that if you specifically if you want to see it because it's at uh, 3764 Elvis Presley Boulevard. But at the time, it was the outskirts of Memphis. You're only four miles from the Mississippi border. It's kind of a ranch type thing. Yeah, he had bought a ranch. And it was Elvis's home from 1957 to 1977. So 20 years he lived there. And it's preserved in the way it would have looked in the 60s. Yeah, it's awesome. It's, It's amazing. And so what they have there too is they have the new Graceland Hotel which is right beside it. And you can stay there and you can get suites with all different kind of themes. And they recreate the staircase in Graceland. So you can actually, because you can't walk up the real staircase, but you can walk up the staircase in the hotel. Yeah. If you've been to Graceland before and you're listening to this, but you haven't been, I think the hotel and kind of the new exhibits opened in about 2019. Yes. Um, so we were there during the transition because it used to just be really centralized. Everything was at, in Graceland proper. And then it, they really expanded. They opened up the hotel and they op- they they took a lot of stuff and they spread it out to, to exhibits across the street. And now they have this really expansive, you know, kind of museum experience for all of this Elvis stuff. Um, so if you haven't, if you haven't been back since 2019, there's a lot to kind of go back and see. Yeah. So we did it before and after. So we can talk about that. We were there for his 40th anniversary of his death. And they had prepared for that with this huge expansion where they had taken everything out of the racquetball court, which used to hold all of his records and all of his costumes. They took everything out of the pool house, which used to hold all of the family kind of memorabilia, his tuxedo, Lisa Marie's crib, and moved it all into their own separate museums across the street. So across the street, there are huge museums just dedicated to Elvis life in the military, just dedicated to Elvis's costumes just dedicated to Elvis's life in Tupelo. So it's an immersive place. You can you can spend a day there, even two or three days. And your tickets, you can buy tickets for different things. You can buy tickets just to see the house. You can buy tickets for the house and all the museums. You can buy tickets for the house museums and there's like food places there. And now they even have a, a auditorium to do shows. I saw Brett Michaels there. Oh, that's right. So they have, it's just a huge experience now. The house is great. We've seen the house many times. You can only visit the first floor. You cannot go up on the second floor. No one's allowed up there. But if you want to just see the the graveyard, these the Serenity Garden where Elvis is buried with his parents, his grandmother. Right next to his pool. Right next to his pool. His grandson and Lisa Marie, his daughter, are all there. It's free every morning from 7.30 to 8.30 a.m. You can park right in front and you can just walk right up. And they allow that every day, one hour, if you want to pay your respects to the king, like we did. We left him a flag for his military service. Now, you don't get to go inside the house, but you can take pictures in front of the house. So if you didn't want to spend the money or you didn't have the time or you're just driving through, it's very easy to stop. But it's only that one hour in the morning that is open for people to walk up. It really is walking through classic Americana. It, it, he is such kind of a part of the the American culture. And there's a reason that is the second most visited house in the entire country. And, and number one would be the White House. Yes, number one's the White House. And we know because as we live there, you would hear celebrities going to Graceland. Oh, yeah. I remember it was like Aerosmith. and Mick Jagger had gone when we were there. 
And so you would just see them in the news, be like, oh, they went to Graceland today. So usually everybody who visits America, it's like going to Disney World. Like, I'm going to go to Disney World. I'm going to go to Graceland. And when I was out there for Elvis week, it's the week of Elvis's death in August, they closed down the street in front of Graceland. And I would talk to people because I wanted to know, again, as a historian, what did Elvis mean to you? Why are you here? And most everyone was foreign. Most everyone was not from America. And it was just so amazing to be a part of that and that culture. So yes, number one place to see in Memphis. If you're even driving through, you can just stop and check out Graceland. Yeah, so so if, you, if you're listening, if you're kind of listening and, and you're curious about our list, I would actually go in the, in the reverse order. Start with number one. If you have to visit one thing, you have to see Graceland. Well, we, we need to add something onto that. That's right. Sun Studio. Yes, the Sun Studio is not near Graceland. It's not near Graceland, and it's not really, it's kind of near downtown, but also away. So you have to be specifically looking for Sun Studio. And that's why we kind of kept it as a 1A. Yeah, this is, our bo- this is our bonus one. Because you probably would want to see Sun Studio specifically to see Sun Studio. And this is where Elvis recorded his first record. This is where the claim of they recorded the first rock and roll record in 1950, Howling Wolf, and the and it Ike Turner was there, and this is where they claim the birth of rock and roll. Uh, Elvis Presley walked in at 18 years old in 1953. He records his famous song "That's All Right, Mama" in 1954, and it also has spawned all these other careers. You get Johnny Cash from there, and Jerry Lee Lewis is from there, but you have famous famous people who want to record in sun studio and oh, yeah you two did an entire album from sun studio so again that's i saw mick jagger was there and aerosmith uh, steve tyler was there when we were there so it's another mecca of music but people usually specifically want to see it so it's our 1a with grace yeah it's a, I, I call it a, a bonus place to visit mm-hmm. you know for this for this top five and they do do public tours so look them up ahead of time because you can you can get in there and you can stand next to the microphone. You can take your picture in the studio and, and yeah. do all the fun stuff. Same so. microphone Elvis sang right. in. Yeah. Uh, one last thing. Let's talk a little barbecue. Yes. So those are the top five, top five places to visit. Now, the other thing that that area of the country is known for is the barbecue. <laughs> We heard everyone's opinions when we moved there. And we ate at a couple different places. So Rendezvous, definitely best ribs. Rendezvous's phenomenal. Right off of Peabody. Blue City Cafe, definitely best gumbo. But if you're looking for other, there is Topps Barbecue. That's a big one. Central Barbecue. There's a couple of those. Nachos have the best barbecue nachos. Mm -hmm. And then there's one that's not in Memphis. It's in actually in Mississippi. It's a Memphis Barbecue. And Guy Ferrari was there. That was probably, honestly, so we we tried all these places. Mm-hmm. And Memphis Barbecue is actually probably my favorite. Just straight Scott Benny's personal favorite. Um, again, just across the border. Just across the border. Because, it, you know, it, picture Memphis, it's that bottom left corner of Tennessee. So it's right there. The border's not, not far away. Mm-hmm. It might be maybe 30 minutes from Memphis. Yes. Something like that. But if you want to try the different barbecue places, again, I'm going to list kind of all these places. I'm going to have links to them into all, all the show notes. Yes. I mean, most people do go for the food. You want some Southern soul food. And, and that's definitely the places we ate at. Now, 
The commissary has to be on the list too. It's outside of Memphis, but they do have amazing barbecue and banana pudding, which is my favorite. But yeah, Memphis will always hold a special place in our heart. And there's so much more history there that we didn't cover. But these are the big ones. If you've never been before and you just want to get a taste of Memphis driving through, these are definitely the top five. Yeah, we're, we're excited to be moving back there. And in future recorded episodes of Talk With History, we will be recording from the greater Memphis area. So history buffs, we've barely scratched the surface of Memphis's magic. From Graceland's grandeur and to the grit of Beale Street, this city pulsates with stories. We hope you've enjoyed our whirlwind tour on this podcast. Remember, history isn't confined to museum and monuments. It lives in the music, the food, the very spirit of Memphis. So head down there yourself and soak it in and see what stories you uncover. Before we sign off, we want to say a big thank you to all our listeners for joining us on this journey. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review on your favorite platform and let us know what other historical hotspots you want us to explore. And if you're feeling peckish after all that Southern comfort food talk, don't forget to check out our show notes for the links and locations we mentioned. I'm going to make sure to add some of those good barbecue options in there as well. If you know anybody else that might enjoy this podcast, please share with them, especially if they're visiting Memphis sometime soon. Shoot them a text and tell them to look us up. We rely on you, our community, to grow. And we appreciate you all every day. I'll talk to you next time. Thank you.